podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block, allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable, hosted by Kevin DeVries, on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast. Today is Friday. It is the 5th of January. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all excited for a weekend of FA Cup action. That action began last night. Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil. So we will get a replay of that one. Just what we all wanted. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin sent off by VAR for, I I don't really know what, uh, waving at somebody's leg with his foot or something. Very, very soft. I assume the appeal that Everton have launched will be successful and the ban will be overturned. Um, It was a very soft, very, very soft. Um, Loads of games to get to. We'll get to the McGuy after the break. Uh, We'll run through the news. Starting off with Hagen Buchanan has joined Inter Milan and become the first Canadian 
to play in Serie A. So congrats to him and good luck with the move. Uh, Mikel Arteta has denied that Arsenal have made a complaint to the PGMOL about the rough treatment of Bakayo Saka. Um, He said that they have daily communication with the PGMOL. I'm not sure anyone else does. Saka has won 43 fouls for Arsenal this season, with only Jordan Ayew and Bruno Gomerich winning more. A total of seven yellow cards have been shown to opponents for fouling Saka. Now, here's the thing. Just because Raheem Sterling has drawn 14 yellow cards on 31 fouls, that doesn't mean Saka has been wrongly treated. It means not all fouls are yellow cards. And Saka goes down very, very easily. And referees are aware of that. So they give him free kicks, but they don't book players because not every foul is a yellow card. Um, Eddie Howe says he hopes Newcastle's FA Cup game against Sunderland can be season-changing. He very much needs it to be. Mikel Antonio has come out and said that David Moyes' negative style of play is helping West Ham win cups. Well, you've won one cup. He has won one cup in 20-odd years of management. At the end of the day, it's getting us results and it's winning us cups. You won one cup. You won the Europa Conference League. Look at the teams that were in that competition last year. If you hadn't have won it, it would have been a significant failure. He really annoys me, Michael Antonio. Thomas Frank obviously came out this week and said that it would take an unbelievable offer for Brentford to sell Ivan Tony. And now Antonio, once again, who just you know can't stop talking has come out and said that he believes that to Arsenal, Ivan Tony is worth $100 million. I mean, what is $100 million now? Like, I love Ivan Tony. I've been a fan for years, since he's at Peterborough. But he's not worth $100 million. He's also had his say on Gabriel Jesus and a bunch of other things, and he just needs to go away. Um, Eric Ten Hag said he's had a very positive chat with Jim Ratcliffe, so good for him. Pep Guardiola said Rodri and Erling Haaland are doubtful for the game against Huddersfield. Uh, City have lost every, I think every game Rodri hasn't played this season, so that's not ideal. Um, Tilo Carrera has left West Ham to join Monaco on loan, so good luck to him with that. And Ilke Gundogan scored a last gasp penalty as Barcelona came from behind to beat Las Palmas 2-1. So congrats to them. They currently sit third in La Liga, seven points behind Girona and Real Madrid. I think that's basically it. Oh, and Postacoglu made a journalist look very, very foolish as well. The journalist asked, do you dream of lifting trophies? And Ange pointed out that he has won trophies 
and can just look at the pictures. What the journalist needed to ask is, do you dream of winning trophies with Spurs? Very simple. Add with Spurs to the end of the question, and he doesn't make you look like a mug, and you don't insult him by insinuating he's never won anything. Anyway, Fulham are among the Premier League clubs who have been offered the chance to sign Roberto Firmino, who wants to leave Saudi Arabian side Al-Ali. Brentford have set a 100 million asking price for Ivan Tony. I I would bet Ivan Tony is a Brentford player come the end of the window. Arsenal don't have the money and I don't think Chelsea do either. Arsenal have made an approach for Amadou Onana. <clears throat> no they haven't. Fraser Gillen uh, you are a spoofer. And when you say team talk can exclusively re- exclusively reveal that Arsenal have made an approach, what you've done is you've gone on Twitter, seen some no-mark say it, and you've stolen it. So there you go. Arsenal are also preparing a move to sign Jarrell Hatto from Ajax. Uh, that is Sam Dean. Sam Dean, to be fair, uh, relatively reliable, but, I mean, he doesn't really fill a need for Arsenal at the moment. <clears throat> the move taking Jaden Sancho back to Borussia Dortmund will include a buy option for $25 million. Now, it is Football Insider, so, you know, spoofing is likely. That would be a $50 million loss on Jaden Sancho. Atalanta have set a $51.7 million asking price on Giorgio Scalvini. That's high, but it's not it's not outrageous, to be fair. Conor Gallagher wants to stay at Stamford Bridge despite being linked to the move away. That's fair enough. Manchester United are not expected to activate an option to extend Anthony Martial's contract, and the 28-year-old is set to leave the club in a free transfer in the summer. Now, I've seen another report that suggests that they are going to activate it. I, they should let him leave. Crystal Palace are working on a deal for Ronnie Edwards. That's a really good move. He can start at right back. He can be cover at centre back. That's a really good move. Bournemouth are set to bid for Oscar Zambrano. He'd been linked to Luton. He's a huge talent. Ecuadorian midfielder, 19 years of age. Bournemouth is the better move for him. Jeremy Frimpong continues to be linked to the move, but Bayer Leverkusen, excuse me, Leverkusen have no intention of selling in January. Uh, Middlesbrough are close to signing Finn Azaz from Aston Villa after an impressive loan spell with Plymouth. Fulham, sorry, Villa are set to open contract talks with Leon Bailey, who could become one of the highest paid players of the club. I wouldn't do that, to be honest, because overall, he hasn't been a successful signing. This season, he's been very good. But he hasn't been a success since he joined. And I'd be I'd be wanting to hold off and wait till the summer and see if he can do a whole season of this. Paris Saint-Germain have emerged as frontrunners to sign Mary Earps. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, Bayern Munich have inquired about Fikayo Tomori. Today, uh, Florian, what's his name? Plettyberg, something like that, Plettenberg. He has said that they've agreed terms to sign Eric Dyer. Harry Kane must have wanted a friend. Right, going to go to break. When we come back, Guy will join us. We'll go through the games and we will lift the mystique. Uh, We've actually recorded the second part already. 
So uh, a number of things that I've said here uh, won't actually line up all that well with what gets said after. But there we go. Folks, I will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Right. Welcome back. So, as always, on a Friday, I'm joined by Mr. Guy Drinkle. How are you, sir? Chilly. It's very chilly. Chilly up in Iceland it is, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, update on the Mask United thing that I mentioned like two weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, they can't carry on the rest of their season because of lack of money, but they are surviving as a football club and re-entering the pyramid lower down. So it's half good news. It is half good news. At least at least there's that. At least there is a future for the club. Obviously, it's a shame that they've had to just kind of walk away from this season. But as I said at the time, like these clubs are so vital to the community that there needs to be a bigger effort from all involved, from the very top of the football pyramid all the way down to help these clubs survive. And it is something that, like, wouldn't it be, it'd be cool if, say, for example, you've got Newcastle, Borough and Sunderland all within, you know, a couple of hours of, of where you live. If those clubs could each put a certain amount of money into a pot each year, obviously a different amount for a championship club than a Premier League club. But if they were to put, like, if Newcastle United put, a million quid into a pot and Sunderland and Borough put 500 grand in, or it could be smaller amounts either. And then that money was redistributed to grassroots teams in their area and lower league teams, like non-league clubs in their area to help those clubs survive. And then those say, let's say Newcastle or whoever, they can write that money off against the tax bill or against FFP, profit and sustainability. Like, I think that would be something that would be very beneficial for all involved. And, Mm. you know, potentially there's there's partnerships that can be struck between the clubs where, you know, for Newcastle, it it might be that, yeah, they they contribute money to the survival of, let's just say Gateshead or whatever is a local Mm -hmm. team to them. And in return, maybe they're allowed to advertise. You know, they're given a hoarding or two. Or they're allowed to put up some sort of billboard or something, Ticket advertising, something. whatever. Yeah, do you know? And the same with, with Borough for you. Like if Borough were helping fund uh, Marsk United, maybe Borough can put up, if, when Borough are doing their season ticket sales or whatever, mm. they can maybe put something up at Marsk ground saying, you know, season tickets now now available, yada, yada, yada. And just a little bit of give and take. I know it wouldn't be a huge amount of money going back to Borough, but it would be a lot of goodwill and goodwill yeah. from the local community, which might then lead to a couple of extra season ticket holders, a couple of people going, you know what, Marsk aren't at home this weekend, but Borough are, and like they've been really good to us, so let's go down there and let's support Borough because we've no home game to go to ourselves. That like that type mm-hmm. of thing might just because there is a lot of resentment, I think, between the lower leagues and the non leagues and and the big clubs because obviously. Some of it is is based in bitterness and jealousy, but some yeah. of it is also like well, project you know, like, big. That, the proje- hand. that project big picture was seemingly somewhat going to fix this, wasn't it? I mean, project it- big picture and the original Super League plans were both going to aim at helping these type of clubs, and they got shut down. So when when the likes of Everton and whoever want to complain about the greedy six. 
it's actually the other clubs that are greedier because they're the ones that don't want to be sending their money down through the pyramid. So, mm, man, it would uh, be funny. South Shields getting a two hundred million help from Newcastle. Would be brilliant, wouldn't it? They South Shields United. <laughs> South Shields United announced the signing of Kylian Mbappe, who's immediately been loaned to Newcastle United. Fantastic. Newcastle will be covering a hundred percent of his wages. <laughs> it'd be absolutely, it'd be magnificent. See, Just, you, you, you know, City would do it. Yeah, after one veil at their stadium, but then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> there he is out doing keep the uppies in front of eight people. Uh, oh, brilliant. Right, we've got a bit of a twist on today's show, Guy. Rather than doing Premier League games, we're going to do the FA Cup. And we have a lot of games to get through. So we're not going to really go in depth on too many of them. Because, well, let's be honest. I have no idea what I would say about Blackburn against Cambridge, Newport County against Eastleigh. Plymouth against Sutton. I, I don't think I could really do more than here's who's, who I think will win in in each of those games. Yeah, but it's the magic of the cup, isn't it? Old cliche. But we do start off with a Premier League game, basically. <laughs> that is Brentford against Wolves. Um, we obviously had the Everton Palace game last night, which you'll probably do in the first half of the show. Uh, behind the curtain there, we're doing the second half first. Um, yeah. But Brent- <laughs> Brentford against Wolves, Dave. Yeah, Brentford are not in good form. Brentford have a lot of injuries. It's a tough season for them so far, and they still don't have Ivan Tony back, but he will be back soon. Um, Wolves are having a pretty good season. They're 11th in the league. They've won three in a row in the league, whereas Brentford have lost the last five in the form table. So uh, I'm just going to pick Wolves to win. I know it's it's at Brentford. But I'm going to go with the Wolves when I'll go 2 1 to Wolves. Yeah, maybe next Friday, Brentford might be one to have a talk about. Um, yes. If they do play, because it's a winter break, isn't it? Who the hell knows what's happening there? Um, then we have Fulham against Rotherham. Obviously, Fulham, Premier League against bottom three of the Championship, I believe. Very bottom of the Championship. Rotherham are stone bottom, 18 points from their 26 games played. Seven points from safety. They've had a very strange um, last couple of months where they had sacked the manager and then seemed to struggle to find a replacement. Uh, Matt Taylor was sacked in November and took an entire month to get Liam Richardson to take over. Uh, He'd previously been manager of Accrington Stanley many years ago and then Wigan more recently. Um, did a decent enough job at Wigan to his credit, but that's a very hard club to work at at the moment, given all the different financial problems that they've had. Um, it's very hard to to look at this and think that this isn't a Fulham win. So we're going to go Fulham to win three nil at home. Yeah, you'd think so. And Fulham, obviously. You'd- a cup, uh, cup semi-final already. Why not go for the FA Cup as well? Exactly. Um, next up, this is the televised game. This is on ITV1 uh, for people in the UK. Uh, we have a Premier League game on ITV1, Tottenham hosting Burnley. Um, Dave, I think we say this every year, every footballing podcast in the world says this every year, Tottenham will have to win a cup one of these years. And seemingly now they've got the manager and style and confidence to do it, and the team, because... I'm pretty sure I saw Van der Ven was back in the squad. Pretty sure I read that. Um, 
But if they're getting players back, we saw how they started the season. Why not take the FA Cup seriously? Yeah, and the FA Cup is is sort of going to be their saving grace this year because if you look at where they are in the league at the moment, obviously the fifth or a point behind Arsenal. I, I'm convinced they'd be top four if not for the injuries and suspensions. But they're now losing. Basuma's gone to AFCON. Uh, min Son has gone to the Asian Cup. And Papa Matar Sar is also gone to AFCON. To be, to be fair, Basuma was banned for four games anyway. He was, to be fair, for second. So it didn't work out all right. Um, but they're still without Perisic for the season. Uh, Velez got injured, scored his first goal. Now yeah. he's out for a while. Romero's out till the end of the month. Solomon till the end of the month. Madison for another week or two. Sessignon for the week or two. Losing but Eric you're right. Dyer to Bayern Munich. Eric Dyer to Bayern Munich. I was that that that's uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole first half of the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where, where to go with that. But uh, Mickey Van de Ven is back in training. So Anne just said he's not sure if he's available for tonight, but he is back, yeah, and that's massive him. for them. Now, I wouldn't risk him in this game because, again, it is the FA Cup, but Spurs do need silverware. Like, that is just a a straightforward fact. This is a favourable game for them. They're at home, even with the injuries. I mean, it's Burnley. They've got 11 points in the Premier League. They've won three games. They're fairly hopeless. We'll go with Spurs to win. We'll go 3-1. Yep, I'd probably say something similar. Moving on to Saturday, then. Uh, kick these are all half 12s apart from the televised one which I will point out um, we have AFC Wimbledon hosting Ipswich Town Dave um, probably not too important for Ipswich because I'm sure they'll want to try and see off leads in the promotion race because I'm guessing Leicester is good as promoted now but yeah. bigger fish to fry for Ipswich but they can still get through obviously yeah and I mean AFC Wimbledon are a league 2 team uh, they're currently sitting seventh in League Two. To get to this round of the competition, they knocked out Ramsgate in the second round, which brought to an end one of the great stories of the season so far. Ramsgate are in the eighth tier of English football, and they've made this really brave and historic run to the second round. Prior to that, AFC Wimbledon had knocked out Cheltenham in the first round. So they've had two, you know, two hefty wins in their favour. But Ipswich are a good team and Ipswich are second in the championship and they have gone off the boil no wins in the last five so I'll back them to get back to winning ways here even though it's an away game I'll still go Ipswich to win 2-0 yeah it could be an interesting one Uh, next up we have a full championship round uh, tie we have Millwall hosting Leicester City Dave Leicester obviously uh Gave Liverpool somewhat of a difficult game, in, if I remember correctly, in the League Cup. Mm. They are basically a Premier League team, aren't they? Um, so they could probably afford to continue in the Cup and get promoted comfortably. Yeah, they can. They're 10 points clear in the Championship with 20 games to go. They're on course at the moment for a, a historic campaign. Like they should, They should breeze past the 100-point mark. And generally speaking, if you hit a hundred points in the championship, you're you know you're you're a really good team. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't always translate to coming up and doing well. We've seen Norwich and and Burnley in that Burnley, come up yeah. and and not do well. But this Leicester team has a lot of Premier League experience. 
they play a very interesting brand of football. Uh, another one of the, the Guardiola disciples in Enzo Morasca. Millwall are 15th in the championship, but they have won their last three in a row and they're unbeaten in their last five after what had been a really poor start. So they won't be a pushover. And let's be clear, nobody likes going to play away at the den, the, or the new den, but no one wants to go and play away at Millwall. It's not what it was in the 80s or even the 90s or even the 2000s, the atmosphere. It used to be a proper moody, scary place to go. But it's still quite intimidating. It's still a good home crowd, and they still get right up for it, and they will get up for a cup game. But I still think Leicester will have too much. They've only lost three times in the championship this season. So I'm going to back Leicester to win. I don't think it will be easy, but I will back them to win. I'll go... I'll go 2-1. Yeah, it's a tough one to predict, isn't it? Mm. Um, next up, we have Coventry City hosting Oxford United. Dave, any, anything of note there? Uh, Coventry are a bit of a disappointment this season. They're currently sitting yeah. eighth in the championship. They have turned things around a little bit. Um, undefeated in the last five, three wins in that time. But I, I had them marked down as a potential you know, automatic contender this year. Mm. But they're well off that pace. They're 18 points behind... Uh, behind Ipswich. Um, Oxford currently sitting in fifth in the in League One. So again, going quite well. You know, maybe a, a strong bet for uh, a promotion through the playoffs. They beat Grimsby in the second round. Uh, they beat them at home 2-0. And in the first round... They beat Maidenhead, uh, non-league Maidenhead, two 0 So they've, you know, they've earned their way here. I still think Coventry will beat them, though. It's in Coventry, and I think that that home advantage is going to tell. So we'll go two 0 to Coventry. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame they lost. What two? The best two players off the top of my head. Uh, Yokerez and Yokerez and Hammer, yeah, 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 and Callum Doyle, who was important in defense, but they did mm-hmm. make some decent signings in the summer. Um, they brought in a Yari, the, the young Swedish midfielder from Brighton on loan, yeah, and the Everton, the Everton striker. I can't remember the name of it. Oh. Christ, that's going to annoy me as well. Um, Sims. Yes, 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 yes. Ella Sims. Um, and, and to be fair, he started slowly, but he has looked a bit more lively of late. They've also got Callum O'Hare back fit, which is important. And I quite I quite like Hadji Wright, the American striker they signed. So, yeah. oh, and Milan Van, Van Uyck, the right back, he's one to keep an eye on. He's a very, very good player. So they do have some talent there and they're well managed and well coached. So I do think they'll just have too much for for uh, Oxford this weekend. Next up, we have Maidstone hosting Stevenage. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the kind of... Move on. <laughs> They move on games. So Stevenage. Stevenage are a League One team, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're seventh in League One. 
Um, they're well positioned to, you know, to get into the playoffs. They're level on points with Barnsley, who are the last playoff team. Um, but they're only six points off Peterborough, who sit third. Um, Maidstone are not league. just the, the ultimate yo-yo league. Yes. Just amazing. Yes, made, like Rotherham and Barnsley and Peter just swap places every year. <laughs> National League South, I think, is where we'd find Maidstone, isn't it? Uh, they're currently fourth in the National League South. So they must be the. I think they're the lowest team, team left in. They're the only, yeah, they're the only sixth tier. We've got a couple of teams from the National League. They're the only team below the National League left in. Uh, and on that basis, I'm going to hope that they win. So for no other reason than I want them to get through. They beat Barrow last time out, and I'm I'm really just not going to bother going through. And Well, let's see. Who did they beat in the first one, uh, the first round? I can't find it. Oh, they beat, they beat Chesham United, mighty Chesham. Um, I'm going to back Maidstone to win. 1-0 to Maidstone United. And let's hope that they get through. Yeah, everyone likes a, a well. What was, who was it? Um, Marine went, <laughs> went Tottenham went there and just yeah. celebrate like Mbappe. Oh, and the whole world wanted Marine to win that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after he did that celebration. Dearie me. Anyway, onto the televised early kickoff on Saturday. This is twelve forty-five. Uh, we have the time we are derby at Sunderland, Dave. Um, what a well, it's always obviously not local to me because it's about an hour away, and obviously Borough first. Um, but what, what, how do you view this derby? It's a bit of a random one. I've always liked it. I have always liked it. There's, there's a, there's a, a, he- a healthy level of dislike between the people of Sunderland and the people of of uh, Newcastle. And um, it's been a tough run for Sunderland over the last, what, six, seven years? Relegations. Even the last, even the last few years in the champ- in the Premier League were horrid. Weren't oh, they? yeah, true. Yeah. So probably 10 years that it's been a, a real tough go mm-hmm. with relegations and, you know, like relegation dogfights and massive financial issues. They spent all that money on a fancy new training ground and then for many years couldn't afford to use it all. So they had to like blockade half of it off so the players wouldn't wander in and turn on a light or something. Um, but things have turned around for them and they're, you know, they're sixth in the championship. They've got a new manager in Michael Beale. Don't really think that they needed a managerial change, but they made one anyway. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're well up for this game. They're, they're saying all the right things. They've got a couple of really good players. Uh, Jack Clark is playing incredible football for them. A mm. uh, lad that came through at Leeds, got an early move to Spurs. It didn't work. He went back to Leeds on loan. Bielsa didn't want anything to do with him. And his career sort of looked like it was going to fizzle out. And then he got this move to Sunderland, and he's been outstanding. Uh, young Dan Neal is a very highly thought of midfielder. Pierre Equa highly thought of midfielder. And obviously Jude Belling as well as Job is there. Um, and, and he's had a, a very good start to the season as well. So there is talent there. I also like the goalkeeper, Anthony Patterson, who's been linked to some Premier League clubs. They're going to be bang up for this. This is their 
FA Cup final in a lot of ways because they look they're not going to win it as a championship team. But if they could knock out the tune, first of all, it could be a big confidence boost for them in their push for promotion. But more importantly, local bragging rights. Now, I know there's a bit of a distance between Newcastle and Sunderland, but there's there's real bragging rights to be had here. And I think that would matter to the fans who've been through the ringer over the last few years quite a lot. Hmm. Newcastle fans have lorded it over them that they got the Saudi money and yada, yada, yada. And I think they'd very much like it. And if there is a time to play Newcastle, it's very much now because the tune are not in good form. They've lost three in a row in the Premier League, four or five. They got dumped out of Europe. They got dumped out of the League Cup. If Newcastle lose this game, I don't think Eddie Howe survives till the end of the season. If Newcastle don't, if Newcastle lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone before the end of the month, to be completely honest. Because they're not going to make the Champions League again this season. So they're 11 points behind Arsenal. They're 10 behind Spurs in fifth. They're not making Champions League this year. They can't win the FA Cup. They can't, or can't win the League Cup. They can't win the Champions League. Obviously, they're not in the Europa League now because they got finished bottom of their group. So their whole season is on this FA Cup. And if Eddie Howe can't deliver silverware, they're not going to keep him around, no matter what he's done to this point. So Newcastle have to win this game. And I think they will win this game because I do just think they've got more quality. But it's been local in that, and it's an it's an awkward kickoff time as well, like 12.45. I know it's not a long journey or anything. So they can stay at home the night before or stay in their their home hotel that they'd use before games and then travel down. I think they will win it, but I think it's going to be a tough game. I think Sunderland will give them a couple of frights in this one. I'll go 3-2 to Newcastle. Lack of shoulder amiobi to get his guaranteed goal. Um, we'll take a quick ad break. we we got to do them, people. I'm sorry. Uh, but then we'll be back with the rest of the fixtures. Right. Uh, back into the fixtures day. We have Stoke City hosting Br- uh, Brighton. Excuse me. Uh, Stoke, I, whenever I look in the championship, I just see them towards the bottom. It's crazy the fall off they've had in the last mm. decade or so. And the money that they spent as mm. well. And like they've they've changed managers a bunch of times. They've struck out over and over and over again. Uh like Stephen Schumacher is the, the current manager. Mm. And he was appointed obviously only only recently. Um like a week, isn't it? About two weeks. I think it was a week before Christmas, I think he was appointed. Mm. He had done incredibly good work at Plymouth. Like, very, very impressive work at Plymouth. And this is a risk for him because, like, look at the managers that have been there. Alex Neal. Alex Neal's a good manager. He couldn't get the job done. Michael O'Neill. He's a good manager. He couldn't get the job done. Before him, Nathan Jones. Now, we didn't know then <laughs> what we know now about Nathan Jones, but he'd done really well at Luton before taking that job. And he was an unmitigated disaster. 
Gary Rowett is a good manager. He couldn't get the job done. Was he Paul Lambert? Yeah, he was at Stoke for... Uh, he came in in the summer, and he was sacked in the January I don't of the, know of the seventeen that. of the eighteen nineteen season. Dear me! Um, the previous year, they had Paul Lambert for six months. Christ. He didn't work out. Before that, they had Mark Hughes. And to be fair to Mark Hughes, his first two seasons there, they finished ninth both years, and it was really impressive. Actually, it might have been his first three years. Yeah, his first three years. They finished ninth, 50-plus points each time. Really impressive for them to be a top-half Premier League team. Considering under Pulis all those years, they were largely a bottom-half team. But since the fall-off with Mark Hughes, which resulted in them getting relegated... He nearly relegated two teams at once. He he almost relegated Southampton that year as well, (laughs) which was magnificent. Um, it's it's literally just been one stream of managers after like Paul Lambert six months out the door, Gary Rowett six months out the door, Nathan Jones got eleven months, but like three of them were the summer out the door. Michael O'Neill, I think he got two and a half seasons. Yeah, he basically got two and a half seasons. He did get a good go at it, but you look at where they're finishing since getting relegated. Like, as you said, it, it's just you look at them in the bottom half of the championship and you just think, how is this happening? Like, they were always a solid mid-table Premier League club. They mm. spent Premier League money. They go down 18 is the first season in the championship, 16th. The next season, 15th, 14th, 14th, 16th. And now they're sitting in 18th and they're on to another manager. Now, like I say, this guy did really good work at Plymouth. But others have done really good work elsewhere and gone to Stoke and found that it's just, it's a bit more difficult for whatever reason. And it's not like there's a bunch of bad players there. There is some talent in the squad. There isn't, it must be said, any kind of massive standout, you know, that guy could go and play in the Premier League tomorrow type of players, I don't think anyway. But, like, you've got a couple of decent goalkeepers, you've got a decent enough group of defenders, a solid group of midfielders. You could you could definitely use help and attack. But it, it's a big job. It's an absolutely massive job because that's a big club. Mm. Like, Stoke is a big club. Well, that's a big stadium. I don't remember a promoted team having such an impact in the Premier League. Oh, I, I know they weren't the biggest in terms, but the long throw from the lap, the snidiness with like Wenger and stuff. Tony, no Finn, one wanted to play them. Yeah, it was horrendous. That's the thing. Like when you were looking at normally, let's say you're you're a team challenging for the top four, which is where we were at the time. We weren't a title contender mm. when Stoke were in the Premier League. Other than that last year. No, actually, because we finished fourth that last year. They were in the Premier League. So through the Rodgers and Klopp era, and you know, even before that with, with Kenny, we were we were hoping to be a European contender. But you'd always look at the schedule and be like, oh, Man City away, Chelsea away, United away, Arsenal, Spurs. Like they were games you were like, we could lose them because they are as good or, be- or better than us. 
Now, we knew we were better than Stoke, but you still never, we were like, oh, Stoke away? The Britannia, Jesus. <laughs> Go to the Britannia where the wind sweeps in and just lifts the mm. ball up. Could, could be all. Could be autumn, winter, spring. It was always didn't horrendous. matter. Didn't matter. There was four seasons in every game there. But all, even worse when they'd come to Anfield, because then they had an ex, a, like a proper excuse to park the bus. Yeah. And they were always horrible to play against. Teams moving advertising hoardings further forward, so you couldn't do the floor. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was one of my favorite things that happened in the Premier League. Was teams changing where their advertising order? They stopped putting towels around the side, so he sewed one onto the inside of his shirt. <laughs> they wouldn't put ball boys in the corners so that the ball wouldn't come back to me. He'd have to go on for themselves. Remember the West Brom keeper putting the goal out, ball out for a corner instead of a throw in? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Stay what a team. What a gang of lads. <laughs> I stay in the championship. Tony, I hated it so much. Tony Pulis. What a man. What a man. <laughs> Who are they playing again? Brighton. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, so this is the thing, right? <clears throat> the, the Stoke that we think of are obviously not the Stoke of now. They do actually play a decent enough brand of football now. And, and certainly under Schumacher... I think they'll play a decent enough brand of football. But like Alex Neal, Michael O'Neill, those guys all play a good brand of football. But like the polar opposite to that is Brighton, who came up, had this wonderful way of, of finding super talented young players, whereas Stoke would sign grocks off the scrap heap and repurpose them into whatever Tony Pulis needed them. You're a six foot five right winger now. I don't care that you were a centre back. You're a right winger now. And we're going to launch crosses from the left and you get in at the back post. Right now, the polar opposite in every single way. They're progressive. They've got this manager that everybody likes. They play this wonderful style of football. The way they recruit and develop players is, is kind of the, the model of what a club should be. And I really want Stoke to beat them this weekend just because it's Stoke. And no matter what, I'll always have a soft spot for them because of how horrible they used to be. And because Jonathan Ross used to do a TV show and I can't, it was a panel show and he was one captain and Rory McGrath was the other. Was I can't remember what it was called. Oh, but the presenter guy was from Stoke and he used to get dogs abused from Jonathan Ross about being from Stoke. Jonathan Ross, Rory McGrath. What was the name of this show? What was the name of this show? Oh, it wasn't QI. That's going to really annoy me now. But I always loved that show, and I always found the the slagging off of Stoke to be funny. And, like, in the end, it probably wasn't all that funny because, you know, it's it's where people are from. And uh, so I've always just had a bit of a soft spot. For, they think it's, think all, it's over. all over. Yeah, They think it's all over. That's what it was. Nick Hancock, is he the guy that's from Stoke? Yes, he is. 
So Jonathan Ross used to give him dogs abuse. Uh, I'm actually wrong. They weren't the captains. They were just regular panelists. Uh, Rory McGrath and Jonathan Ross. Um, David Gower and Gary Lineker were the captains originally. And then it, then it got a bit crap when Phil Tuffle and David Seaman were on it. Um, but yeah, so I always liked that show. I've, I, that was my first introduction to anything to do with Stoke was having it slagged off. And then just the fact that they came up, they were unapologetic about how they played. And the, the key to all of this guy, you might remember this. So cast your mind back to the early 2000s. You were only a young fella. And Liverpool had a rotund Scottish gentleman playing in midfield for them by the name of Charlie Adam. And on the 31st of August, deadline day, 2012, news breaks that Stoke City have signed Charlie Adam for £4 million. And they go to Stoke's training ground and there's about 20 Stoke fans behind the Sky reporter. And they start singing, we sign who we want, we sign who we want, we're Stoke City, we sign who we want. And I thought to myself, you've just signed Charlie Adams. <laughs> I'm not sure it's worthy of a song. So for those lads, I feel I feel the pity. I feel the desire to back them. We're going to go with a Stoke 2-1 win here. Fantastic. My imagine Deserby against Pulis would have been something for amazing. Anyway, that's another tangent for another day. Uh, Norwich hosting Bristol Rovers, Dave. Um, again, almost surprising seeing Norwich 13th. Usually they're in playoff contention, but I think mean, is, is David Wagner still the manager there? It just seems to have not worked. Well, it's not worked for him since he left Huddersfield, but yeah, if he is still the manager. He is still the manager. He is indeed. Um, no, it has not worked. It's not been a good season for Norwich. 13th in the championship. One win in their last five. Bristol Rovers are 10th in League One. And I'm going to pick Bristol Rovers to win here. Uh, though I do think Norwich will win. I'm picking Bristol Rovers to win in an upset. 2-1. Purely because they recently sacked Joey Barton. I think they deserve some, they deserve some congratulations and some success for that. So let's go, Bristol Rovers. Good stuff. Uh, next up, we have Southampton hosting Walsall. Walsall don't have a profile on the FA website. So you sort it out, FA. That's not good. <laughs> uh, what do you make of this one? Uh, Walsall are 11th in League Two. Saints are third in the Championship and playing very well. They've won four of their last five. And are unbeaten in that five. They they had a slow start to the season, but they finally found their groove. They're closing the gap rapidly on Ipswich. Uh, what was a significant gap a few weeks ago is now three points and the same goal difference. Mm. I'm going to go Southampton to win here. Um, they're obviously at home, did the better team, and they're in form. So I'll go Southampton to win 3 1. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, next up, Watford against Chesterfield. Probably another one of those championship giants. Not Looks like they've bounced back a little bit, but they are sat in 10th at the minute. Mm. Yeah, another one that's just been underwhelming this season. Um, some really talented players there. I, I do think if you've got nothing else to do, um, Watford are always a decent enough watch because there are just 
a few players at that club that I think people should just keep an eye on because they are primed for for bigger things. And the couple I'd point out, Matthias Martins, a young winger, Brazilian, in on loan from Udinese, who obviously owned by the same people, excuse me, same people. He's very, very exciting. And I think he's he's one that a big club is going to come in for. Uh, Ishmael Kone, the Canadian international midfielder. I really, really like him. And I wouldn't be surprised if a Premier League club comes in and snaps him up. He's a bit of a, a do-everything, all-action type of midfielder. And then Yasser Espria is probably my favourite of them. Um, a Colombian attacking midfielder, very, very inventive player, good athlete as well. So, yeah, those three, I think, are are well worth giving Watford a watch for. And this weekend, I mean, Chesterfield are National League, so they are top of the National League, to be fair, and seven points clear, but it's still a fair gulf from the Championship to the National League. So I'm going to go Watford to win at home. I'll go 3-1. Yeah, should be interesting. couple interesting players, as you mentioned. Uh, Blackburn hosting Cambridge United. Again, another sleeping giant, really. Former Premier League champion. Mm. And, uh, currently the sleeping giant. Yeah, the, literally, like, they're sitting 17th in the championship. And they're a weird team. And they have been a weird team since the beginning of last season, because for whatever reason, John Dahl Thomason or Thomason hates draws, absolutely hates them. This season, they've won 10 games, but they've only drawn two. So they've lost 14. So they're sitting 17. If you look at last season, uh, they ended up finishing in seventh, 20 wins, 17 defeats, nine draws. But they went ages last season without a draw. Like, I think their first 25 games or something, they went without a draw. It was something bizarre. Was it one draw in that time? Let me just pull up quickly their season. Moral of the story, stop sacking Tony (laughs) Mulder. Literally, their first draw last season was match week 28. And then they drew four in a row. (laughs) They had... um, yeah, through the first 18 games, they won 11 and lost 7. Then they won 3 and lost 6 of the next 9. So, you know, they're just one of those kind of crazy teams. Then they drew 4 in a row. Then they won 4 in a row. Then they lost 3 or 4. Then they drew another 4 in a row. They ended up with nine draws on the season, but like I said, didn't get one in the first 27 weeks of the season. Um, They're just an odd team. There's one really interesting player in Adam Wharton, who I think is is worth keeping an eye on. Uh, He's been linked to a couple of Premier League clubs, most notably Spurs. So he's one to keep an eye on. I do like Harry Pickering, the left back as well, but... Uh, Wharton is the player to keep an eye on, Adam Wharton. Andrew Moran's in there on loan from uh, Brighton as well. I, I like him. So with that said, and with Cambridge currently sitting 18th in the League One table, we'll go for the Blackburn win, 2-1. 
Uh, next up, we have Gillingham hosting Sheffield United, Dave. I mean, Gillingham are 10th in League Two. If Sheffield United can't win this, they might as well pack up and just, you know, do a mask and say, look, we'll come back in next season at a lower level. Um, the last time they were in the Premier League, when they had that horrendous start and took like one point from the first, whatever it was, nine games or something, they had a good cup run that year under the same manager that's now back. So I, I think they might do the same. So I'm just going to back them to win. They're a Premier League side. You should go to Gillingham and win. And Chris Wilder, I think, will put some priority on this FA Cup. So we'll go Sheffield United to win 2-1 away from home. Yeah, and then next we have QPR hosting Bournemouth. QPR are one of my kind of... One of the clubs I always keep an eye on because... As you know, I'm a nostalgia merchant and I've always had a soft spot for QPR. I love Loftus Road. It's a great little stadium to go and watch a game and they've always got one or two interesting players, but this is a mess of a season for them. They're 23rd in the championship. Bournemouth are in great form in the Premier League, one of the most informed teams. Now, they did lose to Spurs, but they outplayed them for a chunk of that game. But four wins, I think it was five out of six wins before that. Um, and didn't finish the Luton game, obviously. And didn't finish the Luton game. So they still have a game in hand. If they win that game in hand, they're back level on points with Chelsea and Wolves. So you'd have to back them to win. I want QPR to win because I want QPR to do well, but I'll back Bournemouth to win. Um, we'll go 2-0. Uh, Plymouth hosting Sutton. Plymouth obviously just lost their, their manager who made the decision to go to Stoke and funnily enough, Stoke are below Plymouth in the championship table. Plymouth have, have adapted well to the division. Lost a star player as well. Who did they lose? Uh, Finn is as going to Borough. Oh, he's right. He's right. He's a really talented player. Um, he's he's one of ours. He's Irish. Well, he's English born, but he's he's an Irish underage international. Uh, what Burr are paying? What two and a half million for him? Yeah, I think so. So that's a pretty big commitment. Um, I was a little bit surprised that because he was on loan, obviously at Plymouth from from Villa. Um. I was a little bit surprised that that Villa did Plymouth dirty like this, like they recalled him on the loan and then sold him rather than just let him see out the season. But I suppose the money that Burr offered obviously is significant enough. So I hope he does really well at Burr. I really do. I, I think he's got the potential to be a really good player for Ireland in time. Um, that's a tough blow, though. Losing your manager and one of your best players is, is a tough blow. They should still be Sutton, though. Sutton are second from bottom in League Two. So we'll go Plymouth to win 3-1. Shout out to Forrest Green, by the way, uh, currently sitting bottom <laughs> of the League Two table. So having gotten promoted under Rob Edwards, but sacking him because he dared talk to Watford 
and then appointing a plethora of inept managers, including Big Dunk. And then they had a they had a female manager for as a caretaker during the summer, and then just decided not to even give her an opportunity to earn the job. And they appointed another manager, and now they're bottom of having been relegated from League One, they're bottom of League Two and heading for non-league. Um, so congrats to them on all of that. You know, hope all the veganism is working out well for you. Don't forget, Troy Deeney's the manager now. That's right. I had completely forgotten that Troy Deeney was the head coach. He went in as player, as player coach. And then obviously David Horseman was sacked. Well, mutual consent. Um after seven wins from 29 games. And I wouldn't mind. He was like, when he was at Southampton, he was really highly regarded as a coach. And he, this was meant to be his big, big chance. And look, there's a lot to like about Forest Green. You know, the, the sustainability, the, the outlook they have. But what an absolute mess this has been. Ian, so since they sacked uh, Rob Edwards, they've had Ian Birchnell, who's now a coach at Wolves, Duncan Ferguson, who's, to be fair to him, actually doing quite well, when, well, he was doing well, I haven't checked in in a while, David Horseman and now Troy Deeney. I, I can't see this going any way other than disastrously. How is Big Dunk doing? Let's stop for our brief uh, Big Dunk check-in. Five wins! Five wins from 14 games. That rises his career record, Guy, to 37 games, seven wins, 11 draws, and 19 defeats. 18.92% win rate for the career, up from 8%, which is what he had at the end of last season. Uh, So congrats to Big Dunk on all of that. Anyway, back to the FA Cup. Um... Forest Green are going to lose. They're just going to lose here because they're, they're just not, not, even, they're not even playing, Dave. <laughs> no, what about Sutton? Sutton was who we were talking about. You just brought the, you just brought the shade in Forest Green for no Forest reason. Green, they're not even in the FA Cup anymore. They were bounced. Um, <laughs> who knocked them out, I wonder? Uh, FA Cup lost to Blackpool 3-0. Well done. Uh, Sutton was who we were talking about. Um, yeah, something we're going to lose to Plymouth. We're going to back the Plymouth win. Uh, next up, we have Newport against Eastleigh. Newport also in League Two, uh, 18th. So, you know, I mean, should should be safe. Eastleigh, Eastleigh are a National League team, and they currently sit 11th in the National League. This might not be one to watch. Uh, I don't really care who wins. I'm going to say 1-0 to Newport County because they're at home. Next up, we have Hull hosting Rooney-less Birmingham City. Yeah, I mean, the, the Wayne Rooney experience. That Talk about torpedoing your own season with a bad appointment. Um, Hull have been good of late. I mean, they're seventh in the championship. They have lost three of the last five, but prior to that, they were doing quite well. Tyler Morton's red card was overturned, so at least he's able to play. 
The Brum, no wins in five, three defeats in that five, and sitting 20th. Um, I think I'm going to back Hull. I think we'll go Hull to win 2-0. Yeah, I think we'll go Hull to win 2-0. I don't... No manager yet for Birmingham. They're looking at, at Tony Mowbray, who I think would be a good appointment. Stabilize um, that club, Jesus. <laughs> do, do you know, like, just it, what? A, they're one of the clubs I feel really sorry for the fan base because they've had such a rough time over the last 10 or 12 years with relegations and scraps and finances and uncertainty and bad owners and bad managers and bad players. And to make matters worse, their biggest rivals are absolutely thriving. Mm. So that's that's got to be horrible for you, them. You so, finally get new owners and then they sack the manager. Do you know what I mean? And like the thing is, you get new owners and you're going to be really excited by them because there's a couple of big name people involved, like Tom Brady and that. And then all of a sudden, you you, you appoint Wayne Rooney and you and you know that these people are idiots. So. Um, I'm just going to back Hull to win because Hull are at home. We'll go 2-0. Uh, Chef Wednesday hosting Cardiff. Sheffield Wednesday against Cardiff. Again, championship versus championship. Cardiff are ninth. They're inconsistent. 11 wins, 11 defeats. Sheffield Wednesday started the season disastrously. Obviously, there was the, the pantomime with Darren Moore and all that went on there. Uh, but they have won three of their last five and they're slowly dragging themselves out of the relegation uh, zone. They're still in it, but, you know, one more win could lift them out of it. Um, it's, at, it's at Hillsborough, so we'll okay. go with Sheffield Wednesday to win. We'll go 2-1. Uh, next up, we have the ha- that was half-five as well. Uh, this is the televised half-five on the Beeb. Uh, we have Borough um, hosting Villadev. Yeah, Borough have been a bit disappointing this season. After how well they did under Carrick last year, I thought they'd be a strong promotion contender. Now, they can still, obviously, they're only four points outside the playoffs. They have lost 12 times this year. Uh, Michael Carrick also doesn't like draws very much, only three of them on the season. They beat Leicester and lose to Rotherham. That's their season so far. That's the thing. Like, that's... That's just them in a nutshell, do you know? Like, they go away to Huddersfield and win and then lose at home to Coventry. You know, they beat Leicester, they lose to Rotherham. They beat West Brom, they lose to Hull. You know, just... Villa are too good right now. I think Villa are too good. So I'm just going to back Villa to win. Even though they're not great and they're not as good away, I still back them to win. 3-1 Villa. Uh, on to Sunday, then all two o'clock kickoffs till I say otherwise. Uh, Luton Bolton. Bolton are another one of the clubs you have to feel sorry for, but they are they are second in League One, and the season is going well, and they're they've won four in a row. But Luton are a Premier League team, and they're at home, and they've been. Decent at home this season, even if the results haven't always gone their way. 
We're going to go Luton to win 2-0. We will do another quick ad break because we went on tangents. <laughs> and then we will be back with the remaining fixtures. And we are back, and we have Shrewsbury Town hosting Wrexham, which is on, I believe, S4C. I think that I imagine that's the Welsh channel. I have no idea where you watch that, but if you are interested, you probably know where that is. Um, Wrexham, obviously, everyone knows their story, etc. Dave, what do you make of this game? I'm, I'm actually tempted to watch this one. Uh, we used to draw Shrewsbury all the time in the Cups. Um, they're 13th in League One. They did recently win a game after a bunch of straight defeats. Wrexham, newly promoted into League Two and currently sitting in the automatic promotion spots to go into League One, which would be a fantastic outcome for them. Obviously, they get a lot of attention because of the owners. But look, I think thus far, there's no way you couldn't be positive about what um, McElhenney and Reynolds have done there. Everything they've done for the football club and for the local community has been pretty positive. So I'm 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 gonna back Wrexham to win this one. Um I know it's away, but still I, I think they go and they get a giant killing. We'll go two one to Wrexham. Uh West Ham hosting Bristol City. So I was talking to someone recently and we've come to the conclusion that Bristol City are the biggest club to not play in the Premier League. Never play in the Premier League. And it's about time someone went there and sorted that club out. Um, Season after season, they just disappoint. They're currently 11th in the Championship. At different times, quite a bit of money has been pumped into that club and it's never led them anywhere. I want to see them in the Premier League. I think Bristol... Look at the stadium. Ashton Gate's a lovely stadium. You've got a big fan base. It's a Bristol's a is a big city. It's a great city as well. It's one of my favorite cities in the UK. And I think the people of Bristol deserve to have Premier League football. So somebody sort that club out and get them into the Premier League. Um this is a tough, this is a tough game for them, though. West Ham are a good Premier League side. And they're in pretty good form. I know they got spanked by Liverpool a few weeks ago, but they beat United, they beat Arsenal. Um, the draw with Brighton, I was disappointed in how they played, but it's not a bad result at all. I'm just going to back West Ham to win 3-1. Uh, West Brom hosting Aldershot Town. Aldershot are National League, and they are eighth in the National League. West Brom... Uh, fifth in the championship. They play good football. They've got a good manager. They've got some really good players. We'll go West Brom to win quite comfortably. Um, four nil. Always like West Brom. Don't know why. They were my FM team. Um, where are we up to? Peterborough hosting Leeds, Dave. Yeah, both both teams having good seasons. Peterborough are third in League One. Leeds are fourth in the Championship. I've I've actually watched a lot of Leeds this season because of Archie Gray and Crescencio Somerville has now been linked to Liverpool. Um, I I think Peterborough being at home 
is a, is a good opportunity for them to maybe cause an upset. And this is a game worth watching as well. Ronnie Edwards of Peterborough is definitely worth your eyes. He was linked to uh, Palace today, if you didn't see. Yeah, and I, I think he's the ideal signing for Brighton, but Palace would make a lot of sense for him as well because he can play right back, but he can also be cover at centre-back, which they could use. Um, I'm going to go Peterborough with the upset. I'm going to go 2-1 to Peterborough for the upset. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Forest hosting Blackpool, Dave. Blackpool, League One, eight. Not, not all that impressed by what I've seen from them. The, the, the two occasions I've watched them this season, I, I thought prior to the beginning of the season, they'd be one of the favourites for promotion, but they've been very, very average. Forest, I mean, look, we know how poor they've been in the Premier League, but they're still a Premier League club. They have won back-to-back games. They are at home, and they're they're decent at home. So we'll go with the Forest win. We'll go 3-1. Uh, Man City hosting Huddersfield Town, which is on at 2 o'clock, and it says on the iPlayer, so I presume that's not on telly. But if you've got the iPlayer, or if you've got a friend who has an address for you, <laughs> get, yeah, iPlayer. get your VPN and... Uh, <laughs> If you live outside the UK and need, and need a VPN, get yourself one. Uh, LibertyShield.com. Um, <clears throat> uh, City. City are going to... No, City are going to win this game. 3-0. Let's not even talk about it. it. I don't care where Huddersfield are, what they're doing. They're just... They're going to get beat. Yeah, Oscar, Bob and friends should do well in that game. Um, yeah. uh, the big one... Well, it, I say a big one. It's kind of annoying. That's early on in the FA Cup. What I know we've kind of gone on tangents anyway. What do you make of that seeded FA Cup thing that Jeff Stelling mentioned a few weeks ago? Because Arsenal playing Liverpool, I mean, it's big at the time, but for the teams lower down the pyramid, wouldn't you rather have Wrexham hosting Liverpool, etc.? In a way, yes, but then also like Wrexham would probably prefer to get two or three games out of the FA Cup than just one. So like I get the idea of it and I think there is merit to it, but at the same time, I I love the open draw. I don't want to mess with the FA Cup. The only thing I want to do with the FA Cup is abolish the replays. And even that I'm saying that from a selfish point because it's just, you know, fixture congestion for Liverpool because they play so many games. I love the FA Cup and I don't want it messed with. So leave it alone. I'm glad Liverpool are playing Arsenal and I'm glad it's on on the same weekend as Plymouth play Sutton and Newport play Eastley because I don't think there should be any preferential treatment for any team based on the division they play in. I would rather see a Maidstone United in the fourth round than have both Liverpool and Arsenal in there. Because like, there's nothing more boring than when we get to the quarterfinals and it's like the top eight in the Premier League. Very true. And everybody's gone. I, I'd rather have I'd rather have that one or two clubs that you because you can just get behind them, you know, and it that will drive more attention. So say for example, let's say Maidstone get through against Stevenage. And they're in the fourth round. Regardless of who they play, they're going up against a team 
at least one, probably two, three or four or even five divisions above them. And that, to me, garners more interest. So I'd leave it alone. I'd leave it alone. I think Liverpool win this game. I think I went 2-1 on scouted. We'll stick with 2-1. It's going to be tough, though. And I do think both teams will go as strong as they can. Um, but I'm going to go for Liverpool to win. If Liverpool do win, similarly to what we mentioned of Eddie Howe, we might have to circle back onto Arteta discussion. Um, but that's, yes. for, that's for next week, and we'll go with. Uh, on to Monday, then. Uh, only Monday game on ITV1. Uh, the Arsenal-Liverpool game is on the Beeb, uh, not just the iPlay, it's on BBC One. Uh, so Monday, we have Man United's first away fixture in 7,000 years, and it is against Wigan. Um, this is on ITV1. Um, yeah, I mean... Obviously, some positivity of Man United with the ownership crack. Um, but Wigan, Man United should still win that. But if if the if Wigan do win, Eric Tan Hag again, manager discussion. But if he goes out to Wigan, good lord! If he goes out to Wigan, that might have to just be it for him. <laughs> it really might just have to be it. Wigan are seventeenth in League One. And I know United have been awful this season, but Wigan are 17th in League One. Um, the, the United just have to win this game. There's no way for... The FA Cup is all they have left. They're not winning the league, obviously. They're not going to get top four as things, things stand. They're eight points behind Spurs, nine behind Arsenal. They obviously are out of the League Cup. The FA Cup is all they have left to rescue this season. They went out bottom of their Champions League group. It's it's this or nothing. They have to win this game. I expect them to win this game as well. I mean, look, as bad as they are, they're still considerably better than, than Wigan. They have multiple players who cost more than the entire football club of Wigan cost when it was sold a year or so ago. They have multiple players who earn more by themselves in a week than the majority of the Wigan squad earn in a year, if not the entire Wigan squad earn in a year. So, um, United to win. 3-1. And that's the last game, I believe. And that's it. So that is your third round uh, incorrect predictions. Uh, Come back Monday to discuss how wrong I was. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.